This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Now, I'm not going to lie, I've been doing these shows a long time. I mean, we're into, what, over 500 episodes of these morning shows now. But this is probably the first one that I feel genuinely really tired. And you can probably see that on my face. It's never late night. wasn't a heavy night at all before anyone starts theorising as to why I'm ridiculously tired. Don't think I slept very well. Just, just a, just a long, long night. <laughs> Owen says, "Well, that's not jolly, indeed." I'm just, I'm just feeling really tired this morning. Um, but I couldn't let you guys down. I wanted to make sure that I didn't sleep through the morning show. I had to make sure that I was ready and firing. I may not be firing on all cylinders, but I'm certainly ready to, to, to give you and talk about all the news this morning um good morning to everybody joining us live in the chat box today hope you're doing good hope you're doing well uh matt g good morning to you to paul to blackshine kaiser steve stone amira harvey jose olu carl good morning Stephen akmal martin christopher manu martin and odorile i hope you're doing fantastically well and feeling a lot more perky than i am right now um but good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box i hope that you have had a a good weekend a good christmas period as well of course and you find yourselves now looking forwards towards arsenal's next game of course on new year's eve in just a few days time we bring you a preview of arsenal's game against brighton very soon if you're in our live discord server make sure you look out because i'll be putting a message in there very soon about when we're going to record that preview so that you guys can get involved and come on the show as always uh, let's kick on though with today's stories um today of course we well i say yesterday yesterday we reacted to so i can tell you today about the fact we did our raw reaction to arsenal's 3-1 win over west ham i was joined by pablo and lev um and i mean what was quite funny in the conversations with pablo lev and, and raf as well was that even though there was kind of this underlying uh feeling of 
I don't think being wrong is the right words, but just kind of this overriding feeling of of well-being for Eddie and Ketia and well thinking of Eddie and Ketia. There still remains some doubt, um, I think, in those conversations. But I think we reasoned them really, really well. I think we talked through our concerns that we had and actually ended up concluding with so many positives from that game that we can take forward into the next upcoming matches with Eddie and Ketia as our starting striker, uh, supported by some fantastic players around him. And hopefully we see some even better returns. But if you want to hear a lot more of our thoughts on Nketiah Odegaard, the performance, Arteta, uh, Mudrik and, and transfer stuff as well, then make sure you go back and give that a listen because it's definitely worth the hour that we put in to record it. Um, now, Arsenal are said to be ready to build a statue of Arsene Wenger next year uh, and to erect outside the stadium at some portion. Of course, we've already got statues of Thierry Henry, Tony Adams, Dennis Bergkamp, but there is still space around the stadium to include another uh, statue and it's been you know some time I think we can all agree um, since this probably should have been done there is a bust of Arsene Wenger inside the Emirates Stadium of course but a proper statue outside the ground is certainly something that's been touted for a long time but not yet constructed in terms of what that statue should look like I'd quite like it to be him standing at Old Trafford with his arms out wide not knowing where to go after being told to sit in the stands I think that's an iconic image of Arsene Wenger not particularly the most successful image of Arsene Wenger for sure but certainly a very iconic image of of, of Arsene Wenger's uh, tenure but I'd be intrigued to know what you, th- you guys think about what type of style and pose uh, and where we should be getting inspiration for Arsene Wenger's statue. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has posted to his social feeds that he has begun properly his rehab. He still is wearing, of course, that uh, that knee brace that you can see on his right leg there. But what he is doing is he's working on his rehab, building up his fitness, building up his muscle, um, and making sure that he comes back in full ready working order for Arsenal in February, March time. Uh, there's still no timeline on when that will be. Uh, I read Dr. Raja, of course, off the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. Thoughts on Twitter about this, saying that it's still very, very early to kind of get any kind of indication about when he might be back. But it's a really great sign to see him working at London Colney on what is obviously going to be a very important period of time for him and his future. Now, Arsenal are said still to remain interested in Ibrahim Abamba of Vittorio Gimaraes. The Italian uh, defensive midfielder is certainly still of interest to Arsenal, and Arsenal might indeed still be looking to try uh, and come up with a solution to that defensive midfield position. Whether or not this is a deal that could take place in January remains to be seen, but Arsenal are one of the significant number of teams that are increasing or hotting up their interest in Ibrahima Bamba. So that is a story that, of course, we'll keep you updated with if anything changes. But a 20 million price tag has been put on the midfielder's head. So whether or not we wait and see if Arsenal push towards that in this month in the winter or wait until the summer remains to be seen. Now, Arsenal, Chelsea and Atletico Madrid all supposedly are interested in Alexis McAllister of Brighton, of course, the Argentinian midfielder and now World Cup winner. I say midfielder so kind of loosely because he is a player that has been used in a defensive midfield position, a central midfield position, an attacking midfield. He's played in a wide area. He's even played up top at times for Brighton. So it's very difficult to kind of pinpoint his best role uh, as a player. But Arsenal, according to a number of reports emanating from TYC uh, and Gaston uh, Gaston Edul is the, the journalist from TYC Sports claiming this in, in Argentina, but Arsenal, Chelsea 
um, and Atletico Madrid all are said to want Alexis McAllister. Uh, we'll wait until we hear kind of some corroborating reports. I've heard nothing on this one personally, but it would not surprise me if Arsenal are keeping tabs on a player that lit up the tournament and is certainly already Premier League ready. Uh, Mikel Arteta does tend to like those types of profiles. However, according to Kike Marin, Arsenal are not fully convinced, or rather Arteta is not fully convinced by Joao Felix, the uh, Portuguese attacker who still continues to be linked with Arsenal. A number of reports have claimed that Arsenal have still opened talks with George Mendes over a potential deal, uh, an eight million loan fee with that five million wages, adding up to 13 odd million quid in investment for just six months of action uh, is said to be probably not a problem for any of those teams. But Kike Marin believes that Arsenal are not, and Arteta in particular, not fully convinced by Joao Felix and that instead a different La Liga forward is what Arsenal and Arteta are certainly more keen on. Now, who that is, we're not completely sure. What I know to be a fact is that uh, Arteta has been a very long-term admirer of Ferran Torres. Now, some reports claimed at the end of last summer's transfer window, Arsenal even submitted an offer for Ferran Torres that was rejected by Xavi and Barcelona in the end. However, that interest from Arteta has not wavered, is my understanding, that he is still very interested in Ferran Torres and considers the player, of course, somebody that he worked with at Manchester City, someone that he believes can reach a higher level and potentially could even add to Arsenal's attacking options. Now, Torres, I think, is somebody that when you consider um, the type of player that he is, which is difficult to kind of pin down because if you look across the number of positions that we need, Ferran Torres doesn't fall into any of them as a specialised player. He can play wide, he can play through the middle, he can play as a second striker. And when he was playing at Man City, Guardiola really tried to emphasise what he did through the middle. And he scored goals when under Pep Guardiola and whilst Arteta was there as well. But it never really looked as if he would become a starter at Man City. He's gone back to La Liga, where he played with Valencia, of course, back to play there with Barcelona now. And again, still not really been able to nail down a spot. I agree with Bradley in the chat. I'd probably take him on a loan deal during this winter window so that we don't have to necessarily commit to anything with either an obligation, uh, sorry, an option, sorry, to buy in that contract. But Arteta still very much likes the player. And I am inclined to trust what Arteta and the recruitment team want to do with their funds and with their investments. If they want to go for Ferran Torres instead of Joao Felix, I'd be interested to see what the reasoning behind that is. I think Joao Felix is more of an immediate fit to the style that we play right now. and has a lot more similarities to Gabriel Jesus, that's for sure. But maybe they see this as a less risky option, maybe even a less financially uh, risky option. I, I don't really know how you'd categorise it as a better move than Joao Felix, but here we are. Okay, let's move to our headline story of the day. Yesterday, we told you about Arsenal's bid for Mikhailo Mudrik being officially submitted to Shakhtar Donetsk. And according to Sam uh, Dean, uh, reporting yesterday, that bid was indeed rejected. However, there is an expectation, and it is my understanding, that Arsenal will not wait around on this. Arsenal will go back in hard, and they will go back in swiftly with a new and improved bid. Whether or not that bid will be successful remains to be seen, of course. But Arsenal want to get this deal done quickly. They want to be aggressive in this window. They want to try and get a deal agreed. Whether or not that will happen 
is, of course, another thing. Shakhtar are being publicly stubborn. Um, what's going on behind the scenes, we don't really know. But the information that we're getting from um, them publicly is that they stand very much, as Charles Watts reported yesterday, pointing towards the likes of Anthony, pointing towards these players that have gone for the near 100 million euro figures as a kind of marker for what they believe to be an equivalent talent of um, of Mikhailo Madrid. Now, uh, Charles also pointed out that the Gakpo deal, of which Liverpool managed to sign Cody Gakpo for 37 million, which rose to around a 50 million pound figure, has apparently been uh, seen as a bit of a measuring pole, and that Arsenal believe that their first offer that they made that has now been rejected was indeed very much a, a fine offer for Mudrik and a relatively worthy offer that they had some feeling that might even see it accepted. Now, we first heard, of course, if you remember back uh, a couple of days ago, the day of the game against West Ham when that bid officially went in, we heard from the Ukrainian side of things and the Ukrainian journalists that the offer that Arsenal submitted was, quote, decent and adequate. Now, that was a 40 million euro plus 20 million euro offer in add-ons for Mudrik. So it can't be too far away if that is to be the case and what Mudrik would be eventually sold for. The, the positives for Arsenal is that we have a player in Mudrik that is very much pushing for this move, wants this move to happen, and that will hopefully land in Arsenal's favour. We also have the benefit of there not being too many other clubs that are really pushing for Mudrik at this stage. I think because of Arsenal's aggressiveness, that has probably put other teams off. But things in the market change very, very quickly. Just look at Manchester United and Liverpool with the Gakpo deal. Hence why I think Arsenal are very interested in trying to get this done and wrapped up as soon as feasibly possible. Um, and that completes all of today's stories. We're going to move to part two and your questions right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and tackle some of your thoughts, theories, queries and questions that you've got for me today. Uh, let's go to Harish. He says, rather than spending around £60 million on Mudrik, would it be better use for the money to complete the squad like a DM, a left centre-back, a left winger, maybe that being a Felix on loan? It's it's very difficult, Harish, to, to answer the question because we don't know, obviously, how much Arsenal have available in this window. If you told me that the Mudrik deal wipes out all of Arsenal's budget for this transfer window, of course, I might be a little bit tempted to say, 
we have a lot of needs that we need to ensure that we get done. And if we're going to put all of the investment on Mudrick, is there an argument that maybe that's not the best idea? I can see where you would come from with that argument. However, it does it does feel as though Arsenal have more money to play with than maybe they thought they might do. I think there is a feeling that the plans of the summer transfer window are being accelerated forward. So I wouldn't expect to see loads of business in the summer if indeed we do manage to get Mudrick and we get a few more players in uh, in the January window. I'd expect to be a quieter summer. I also think because of what we're where we are in the table and of course the Champions League. I don't want to say guarantee, but we are very likely to get Champions League football for next season. Because of that, I think they are using that to help them push towards some targets during this winter window as well. I think that we've got a great chance of getting two, maybe three signings in, including Mudrick this window. Let's see if we're able to pull that off by the end of January. Uh, let's go to um, Harishjan, who says, Lucas Chambers, when you buy a car, do you just go buy what they give it you for? I'm assuming this is in reply to what Lucas has said in the chat. Boss, let me see if I can find Lucas's comment. Yes, Lucas says, why did they bid so little? I mean, I wouldn't call 40 million plus 20 so little. It's what happens. Uh, it's how a negotiation process goes, especially like when things come out publicly. We look at the Gakpo deal. As this immediate 37 plus 50, uh, 13 for 50 million, 50 million total for Gakpo and go, wow, they went in, got that deal done really quickly. We don't know what discussions have gone on behind the scenes about previous unofficial bids to get a bit of a lay of the land. Often what clubs will do is they'll speak to the agents, they'll speak to the players, um, kind of get a feel as to whether or not unofficially whether they want to come to the club. And then, of course, they'll try and sound out maybe some people close within uh, the club they're looking to buy for to see what kind of money they'd be looking to to sell the player for and probably lowball them to try and see if they can get them at a lower figure and gradually build up to the price that they can get them for. Sometimes you get some really good deals. Sometimes, like the Ben White deal and Brighton, you end up playing what the club always asked for. It's just part and parcel of what happens in these deals. So that's why we went in with a lower bid and we'll gradually build up to a higher bid. I know it can be frustrating from the outside because we just want to see it done, but it is part and parcel of what happens in negotiating transfer fees these days, both officially and unofficially behind the scenes. Um, NVR says, uh, not convinced by Felix, but is uh, Torres the Spanish Werner? Make it make sense. I'm not sure he's the, the Spanish Werner. I quite like Timo Werner anyway. I think he was given a bad rap at Chelsea and I just don't think it suited him. Uh, I think he'll refind his best form in Germany with Leipzig again. But Torres is an interesting profile. I think under the right coaching, the right manager, the right team, he could flourish. Um, I'm not sure if that is Barcelona. It could be Arteta and Arsenal. I think he did well at Man City with Pep Guardiola. Um, I wouldn't mind it, but it is a bit of a risk. And I think maybe a loan deal for him like Felix would be the smarter option for that forward signing. Uh, Melanie says 65 million could be the second Madrid bid with add-ons. If they want 85 million, it'd end up being something like 65 with 15 to 20 million add-ons, and that would work. I don't know if we will get to that 80 odd million plus figure that Mudrick supposedly is, is valued at by Shakhtar. I think Arsenal will continue to try and keep it below that 72. As I said to you yesterday, my understanding is that Arsenal do not want Mudrick to become 
their record signing because they feel as though that would just put too much pressure on him. I know we had a little bit of a discussion yesterday in the show, in the Raw Reaction show, about pressure, and pressure's all part of football. But Arsenal don't want Mudrick to become their record signing. They're really trying to avoid that at all costs. So let's see if anything changes between now and the window opening. You know, maybe we'll get an agreement before that happens, which would be great, of course. Um, Paul says, can you share the league table to remind us what the position... Of course of course, I can. That's, you don't even need to ask, Paul. I should just have it like constantly up uh, on the screen for you guys so you know exactly what we're looking at. Let's just share our screen. The Premier League table. Oh, look at it in all its glory. Uh, seven points clear. Man City, of course, play today against Leeds. Uh, a really interesting game. Is that home or is that away? That's away from home. Uh, eight o'clock tonight. I hope that Leeds put in a performance that they put in against us when we went to Ellen Road. I'm praying that they put in a very good performance and come out of the result. Chelsea won at the weekend. Man United won at the weekend. Newcastle won at the weekend. You know, uh, Liverpool, of course, won as well. And we managed to win Spurs. The only ones that dropped points so far, it's left them a bit vulnerable. They could drop into fifth place if Man United win their game in hand over them. They are now... 10 points off of us having played a game more as well. Our game, of course, is against Man City. Um, But yeah, that leaves them vulnerable. It'd be very funny to see them drop out of the top four. Very funny indeed. Uh, Zach says, Tom, can we do our part in speaking Enzo Fernandez to Arsenal into existence? I don't think Arsenal have a chance of getting Enzo Fernandez. I'm sorry, Zach. The fees being talked about by Benfica are upwards of 80, 90, 100 million even for Enzo Fernandez after his World Cup triumph. I don't think we're going to see that happen. I can only apologise by really kind of pouring fire on your or pouring pouring water rather on your bonfire. I um, just can't see that happening. I'm sorry, but uh, he's a very good player that I would love to see Arsenal interested in, and probably they are. But the the fees associated with that deal are just too extravagant to get any kind of hope up about Enzo Fernandez. Um, Teaser says, can we take a minute to appreciate what the Arsenal Ultras are doing for the atmosphere at the stadium before and after the games and how that's helping the team, although being mocked by others, believe Arsenal are helping us out. Um, I absolutely adore the Ashburton Army. I think they are an, a brilliant addition to the atmosphere. Uh, the people behind this movement, uh, and you can follow them on Twitter, of course. And if you want to get involved, I'm sure there's ways of you communicating with the people there to try and find out how you can get involved, even if you're not in that part of the stadium or even if you're not even going to the game. But doing their pre-match demonstrations, they are, to my understanding at this moment, peaceful, which is good. They're loud, they're noisy, they look intimidating, um, but so far have been conducted brilliantly, and which is what you want to see. I know we've seen ultras of, of you know clubs all around the world, both in the UK and abroad, not have the best reputations. But, you know, what we're trying to build here seems to be purely and thankfully all around just support and creating noise and creating atmosphere. Uh, and that's great to see so far. So, yes, I agree with you, Teaser. It's absolutely well thought out and well to bring up that the Ashburton Army are doing a brilliant job. I love the videos that I saw ahead of the game. Harry Simu posted a fantastic video of them before the game against West Ham. This needs to be kept up. You know, I think it's working really well to help build the atmosphere. I think it's making people feel a lot more attached to the club and more passionate about the club in terms of their vocal support. You can't complain at the moment when it's going and doing what it's doing. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, MN says, Tom, Tom, do you think that Shakhtar will reduce the price on Mudrik? I saw some reports saying they still want £85 million. I think eventually my instinct tells me that eventually the two clubs will come to an agreement on a fee that suits both of them. 
What that will be remains to be seen. But I think eventually what we'll see is them both come to an agreement about what they want to pay and what Mudrik is, is available to be sold for by the Ukrainian side. Uh, Omar says, uh, did you see yesterday's uh, game, sh- game show that Enketia can fill in for Jesus if we don't sign a striker next month? Um, I didn't see any kind of show uh, talking about that. No, personally. If we don't sign a striker, can Enketia fill that gap? I'm very hopeful that he can. You know, I think he showed in the game at the weekends that Enketia, if you get him into those positions, if you play to his personal strengths, he can score goals. And that's what you want to see from him. You want to see him getting into the positions, getting the ball in the areas that he can score. He's not Jesus. They're very different style of forwards. Jesus is the much more uh, stylistically dribbling, uh, the characteristically kind of confident, pressurizing striker um, that's going to generate so much more outside of just goals. And Ketia is is a lot more of kind of the tip of the spear, if you like, and the type of player that you're going to get the ball into, going to spin off the last man like we saw in those near of the six-yard box spaces and score. Raf raised a really good point. I think it was Raf on yesterday's show. When you look through a highlight reel of Ketia's goals, the majority of them come in and around the six-yard box. Their tap-ins, their little headers, their little knock-ins coming off his knee, coming off his chest, coming off his head at times. He's a finisher, you know, and he's a fox in the box and he loves to get around the six-yard box to finish off chances. So that's what we need to create. We are going to have to change our style with Nketiah up top. We are going to have to create different chances. We are going to have to do more from a creation sense because we don't have Jesus there to do that from his perspective. And that's fine because I think at the end of last season, we showed what we can do with Nketiah up top. The challenge is that we've got four games coming up now with Brighton, uh, Newcastle, Spurs and Man United with Nketiah going to be starting up top, I imagine, for all of them. Can he be the difference? We'll have to wait and see. And hopefully he can be. Um, morning, Tom from Stuart. Uh, why do you think we focused on Mudrik rather than Gakpo? Doesn't he fit us better in terms of playing across the front and provides more goals and assists? I did, I've tackled this one before, uh, so I'll, I'll tackle it quickly for those that didn't hear my answer on it. In short... It's my it's my view that Arsenal aren't convinced. Arteta isn't convinced by Gakpo. There's something about him. They're just not willing to commit money towards signing him. And they see a player in Mudrik that they think is a much better fit for that left wing role in the team, more so than what Cody Gakpo is. That's my understanding of the situation, is that Gakpo just didn't quite convince them enough for them to commit. And instead, they prefer what they've seen from Mudrik over Gakpo, which when you look at the raw goal and assist statistics, is difficult to kind of get your head around because Gakpo has just been a monster in terms of goals and assists for PSV and for the Netherlands as well in the World Cup. It's very difficult to not see like how good he clearly is. And he's going to score goals and get assists for Liverpool, I am sure. But apparently, Arsenal, Arteta, not convinced by Gakpo. And instead, they are just sold on the idea of Mudrik and feel he is a better fit for what we are trying to do, especially this season, but into the long-term future at the club as well. Um, Ashley says, do you think it's important to get Tommy Asu ready for the Newcastle game, especially to do a tactical job on Almiron? e.g. the Salah shutdown job, potentially. Uh, I think that Arteta will be thinking about 
every team that has a very, very good right-sided player. Almiron has been fantastic for Newcastle. When we play Spurs and we've got to go up against Kulisevsky and Son, we might do something similar as well by playing Tommy Asso at left centre-back. It's certainly something I think that we might consider doing on the day. Uh, and then against Manchester United, we'll be going up against... Who's playing on the right for them at the moment? Is it Alanga playing there right now? Oh, Anthony, I guess, would be the one playing on that right-hand side. Who, they, who did they play in their 3-0 with Anthony? Yeah, so Anthony will be on that right-hand side. We played Zinchenko there at Old Trafford, and let's be honest, we got burned. Uh, you know, they managed to hit us in behind. The space for Anthony's side was was used massively, and he managed to get himself a debut goal. So maybe Tommy Asu will be involved. He needs to get fit first, and that's the key thing. He wasn't in the squad, of course, for the game against West Ham. Hopefully, he'll be back for the game against Brighton. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Uh, Balaj says, Tom, how good is Ibrahim Abamba? Is he the right profile for us? I honestly, Balaj, you need to do more in, uh, investigating on him. If those links intensify more greatly, what we are going to do is, of course, a tactical breakdown. And what I can tell you is I'm looking forward that in the next couple of days or so, I'll be bringing you a very in-depth look at Mikhailo Mudrik uh, with a fantastic guest and someone who knows the player inside out. So that will be coming for you on your screens very soon indeed. Um, let's go to Jonas, who says, new to the chat box, been watching you for a while. Love it. Thanks, Jonas. Much appreciate that. Question, after a lot of talk about Marcus Turam, how about this, uh, his little brother, Kefren from Nice as a competition for Partey? Yeah, a lot of people, uh, Jonas, suggest that we should buy both of the Turam uh, players. They are uh, very talented, of course, and Turam's done very well at Borussia Mönchengladbach. I'm not sure he's the guy for me. I'm not sure he's the forward I want to see Arsenal go for. I think I'd rather see uh, Colin Moani from Frankfurt coming over him, for instance. But Kefran, uh, Kefran Turam is very much appreciated by a lot of people across Europe and doing very well in France. Maybe he's someone that we should be looking at to replace Partey with. I would need to do a lot more reading and uh, uh, and looking into the player as well to find out. Red Star says, Tom, you read it again. Um, oh, sorry. Omar says, Tom, you might want to reread my question. I meant, did it show he can do a job, not was there a show? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry, Omar. <laughs> <laughs> Omar returns after a long time away and I'm misreading his questions. Let's see if I can find the question again. It's surely further up the chat box than I thought. Uh, or maybe it isn't. I'm so sorry, Omar. I, <laughs> I completely messed that one up. I can't I can't find it. I'm sorry. Can he do a job for us? Ferran Torres, is that the question? Um, I can't remember what it was. I'm really sorry, Omar. I'm trying to frantically scroll up the page. I miss out on so many comments while I'm answering questions. I can't find it. I hope that whatever answer I gave, gave some kind of information. <laughs> but clearly it wasn't good enough. Uh, James Curry, good to see you in the chat box, my friends. Uh, Arsene Wenger's reception at the Emirates was electric. If he had any reservations about returning to the club in a role, do you think his mind might have been changed? Look, you know, I don't, I don't know why he would have any doubts about what his reception would be. I remember I was at his last game uh, at home at the Emirates and uh, the atmosphere on that day was was amazing. Uh, I, th I think obviously he knows that he's appreciative for what he's done at this club and the good things that he's done at this football club. Whether or not he has reservations about the way in which he left, I think that's more likely. You know, the people that are behind the reasons why he left, the owners, etc. I think that probably is a bit more um, of, of a problem for him. Uh, Francois, our TGT Santa Claus in the chat box says, Tom, please wish uh, my twin daughters a blessing, uh, Ultra, uh, Atra, sorry, and Glory, 
Um, Blessing Atra and Glory Atra. Are they their names? That's, that's an amazing name. Blessing and Glory. Uh, a happy birthday. They are huge fans of yours and Gunas. They turned 16 yesterday. Uh, Blessing and Glory. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic birthday, guys. Yeah, I mean, what, what names? Francois. I mean, Francois, Blessing and Glory. What an amazing group of names in a family. Fantastic, Francois. I hope they have a brilliant, brilliant day. Uh, Malik says, uh, Mbemu, uh, from, uh, Mbuemo uh, from Brentford is good. I do believe that Arsenal should move for the player. Uh, and uh, the Bournemouth Anthony <laughs> is very talented. Uh, Bournemouth Anthony, who could that be? I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe you meant the Brentford Anthony. Um, Mbuemo has done okay for Brentford. But I do think that's kind of his level. I think that's kind of where his best performances will come. I don't think he'll get a move to a bigger team. Or if he does, I don't think he'll necessarily be able to replicate that form or get any higher. I just think that Brentford is kind of the level that Mbuemo should play at to get the maximum time on the field and to maximise his ability and output as well. Uh, Jason says, Tommy, news on potential outgoings. The Cedric story, which of course was first, I think, reported at TalkSport uh, and has then obviously been reported elsewhere. My colleague Kai Kainak also is aware of the fact that uh, Bayer Leverkusen are interested in, in Cedric as well. Uh, there's a couple of other teams on Europe that are also interested. Nothing has moved on that, one, uh, that, that part of things uh, at the moment. I haven't heard anything about Cedric getting closer to an exit. Arteta spoke in his press conference about the fact that they need to be very careful about if they let any players go, that they need to know that they are very well enough stocked so they're not going to have to worry about letting any players leave uh, and that affecting, of course, the squads or leaving them short in any areas. Um, Let's go to... (laughs) Malik says, I ask 200 million questions. Malik, there's a lot of people in the chat box, mate. I can't tackle every single one of them, I'm afraid, and I will miss some. I can only apologise that I'm not going to be able to get through them all. Uh, NSW says, there's 974 of you watching. Uh, 947, rather, of you watching, and less than 40 likes. Let's smash the like button, guys. If you are enjoying the content, if you're enjoying the commitment, you can see how tired I am today. And I'm still putting on this show for you this morning. So please, indeed, do um, drop a like on the video. It really does help us out. Um, Mr. Allen says, why change the left centre-back? Now, this is a good question because it's not actually about changing the left centre-back. And it's something that I think us fans need to understand is that we need to add competition to our players. At the moment, Gabriel was the only left-footed centre-back at the club. Uh, He's in in terms of a senior level. Tomiyasu, of course, can play with his left foot, could play there. And we have Pablo Marie, but he's on loan and probably going to stay at Monza if they manage to stay up in Serie A this this, this current season. And they are positioned very well to be able to do that. Um, We have... Uh, Omar Rekic, of course, who's coming through, but has not really played at Sparta Rotterdam. I expect him to be recalled and probably sent back on another loan. But beyond that, yeah, we only have Gabriel as our senior left-footed centre-back. We need to make sure that we bring in competition for him for next season because if he gets injured, we are very short in that left-sided centre-back role. So we absolutely need to make sure that we try and sign somebody. Um, Gregory uh, says, if Mudrik comes in, what is the best position for Emil Smith-Rowe? I still think he's on the left. I think his best position is on the left, but he might end up coming on and playing in that Xhaka role a bit more. He could come on and play behind uh, the striker. If we are in need of a goal and Erdegaard's maybe not doing it, you play Smith-Rowe as more of an advanced 10 than what Erdegaard is doing. Maybe we play that. I think that he's going to be more of a rotation and sub-feature 
in the near future, which is not going to make him happy. But he has signed a brand new contract, so we're not under any worries to have to play him to convince him to sign a new deal. So I'm very happy with the position that he is in still at the moment. Um, thanks, Clive, for the kind comments. Really appreciate that, mate. Uh, Olu says uh, Gakpo can't beat a man. Totally different from existing wing uh, from what our existing wingers offer. We want like for like, and Gakpo is more of a striker and a wide forward than a winger. I think it's a great point. Arteta wants players that can get behind, can really beat a man and get through and create those little intricate passes. That's not Gakpo. I don't think he necessarily does that. He's great in behind when you play him through, but the little intricacies aren't necessarily there as they are for players like Mudrik, Martinelli, Saka, etc. And that's why I think we have the player that we have. Um Franklin Frank Goodwin says, Malik, if your question is that important, send a super chat and it will definitely get answered. I do always answer the super chats, but I don't um, favoritism like members or non-members in chats. Obviously, if I see names that I recognize sometimes psychologically or subconsciously rather, I sometimes pick them out because I just see them because they've been listening for a long time and I think I just recognize the name. But uh, I try as best I can to uh, be fair with answering as many questions as, as possible in the chat boxes. Uh, Tibbs says, be honest, Tom, is there a bit of you that has uh, that has the could Mudrick be another Pepe? Tibbs, no, I don't right now because the, the problem with the Pepe situation is that Pepe came into a system that just did not suit him at Arsenal. He was always used to playing very much on the counter-attack uh, with with um, with Lille uh, and helped them to a really high finish in Liga, playing on that counter-attack. Uh, in, in, yes, a physical league, and the Premier League is also a physical league, but Pepe just never seemed to fit with what Arsenal were doing. Even though he's very technical, he can't beat you know, a, a successive players on dribbles. He finds himself tackled quite often. He has to play the one touch, the passes, the getting behind the one twos, the triangles, get into the box, try and create chances. When he gets on the edge of the box, he can create a really good shooting opportunity or cross. But it just never really worked. Mudrik, I see what they're doing with him. I see the thinking behind that deal. And I've talked about that length, especially on yesterday morning show, especially with that article I wrote about him. I can see clearly what they're trying to do with that Mudrick deal, which I think is the key part of that one. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe if you're new to the channel. And a quick check of the numbers. We're up to 65%, um, which is great to see that more of you are subscribing to the channel. But still, 35% of you that are watching the shows aren't subscribed. So do make sure you help us on our way to 50K. I really would appreciate that. Um, Abby says, surely members should be afforded more favoritism. You'd think, Abby, wouldn't you? You would think. But to me, members are people that want to support the channel. Members are people that want to get involved more with the channel and they want to join our Discord server and they want to get access to like the little emojis and stuff in the chat box. The community feel of this is important to me. And I always wanted to maintain that. I think at first I said that I think I'd, you know, I'd lean more towards member questions. But the thing is that I think the way in which the community of this channel is, is that on the main kind of role of members is that they just want to support the channel they really want to show the support they love the community here they love the feel the feel good factor about things here um and there are people that are in this world that can't afford to be a member that can't afford to um to, to financially support things and the world is in a very tough place right now especially here in the uk and i know that the, the uk is a lot better off than a lot of places around the world but i know just from my own experiences and i can only speak really from my own experiences that the uk is in a very tough position right now 
And so I think it's completely fair that I am fair across the board with the people that can help support the channel and those that can't help support the channel, but still very much help the channel by just listening in. And that's why I don't really lean towards more members than others. If someone leaves a super chat, of course, I will appreciate that and read out the question, but I don't try and differentiate between members and non-members in terms of reading out their questions in the chat box because I don't think it's fair in this world of um, <clears throat> of where we are right now. So that's why I treat it in that way. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an insight. But of course, if you join our Discord server, there's a lot more interactions going on in there uh, across the day as well. And you can actually get onto the show as well. Um, so yeah, I hope that gives you a bit of an answer. Uh, if you would like to support the channel and become a member, if you go into the link tree in the video description, it will send you to the links, uh, all the links to the channel, and it gives you the directions. The best way though is if you're on desktop, there's a little join button next to the subscribe button. Uh, and that often is the best way to become a member of the channel. Uh, but sometimes it doesn't come up on your phone and you have to do it on your laptop but uh, uh, or your Mac or something like that. So have a look, see if it works. If it doesn't, drop me a DM and I'll send you a link to, to how you can join. That's the only way that I can, that's the only real best way I can I can explain it. But there, if you're struggling to find out how you can become a member and you want to, send me a DM on the socials and I'll send you the link of how you can do it anyway thank you so much for joining us drop a like subscribe i'll see you again very very soon and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.